This is DJ Martin, a church pastor at Parker Ford Church, and I am sitting in the sanctuary at Parker Ford Church on a Sunday morning, and it's empty, which is really weird, but I'm with uh, two good buddies. I'm here with uh, Dave Hakes uh, from Daybreak and Tim Deering from Netzer. Can you guys uh, say hey and introduce yourselves? <laughs> yeah, hey everybody. Like DJ said, I'm Dave Hakes at Daybreak Community Church, and uh it's really weird not to be speaking right now in front of uh you know in front of more than you you, you two guys so <laughs> yeah and I'm Tim Deering with Netzer and it is an amazing privilege to be in front of both of you <laughs> today <laughs> is that why you showed up wearing a tux <laughs> yeah we don't have cameras to prove it but so yeah Dave what do you see me wearing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think I'll comment. <laughs> so this is really weird for each of us because the vast majority of Sundays, all three of us are um, opening up the word and preaching. Um, Tim, you're all over the place on Sunday mornings. Dave and I are typically, you know, in our, our local church settings. And uh, we, since we couldn't meet uh, due to uh, the coronavirus and all, all that stuff going on, um, this week we thought it would be cool to get together and just record a conversation with some uh, spiritual principles and uh, different things we've been thinking through on a local church and regional church level. So uh, to that end, um, Tim's going to kind of guide the conversation um, from a, a regional perspective and give shape to it with scripture and then our hope is really for this to be a blessing to our local churches um, as, as a tool for equipping the body uh, for ways of thinking through how do we respond and walk through this uh, really unique situation. So uh, with that, Tim, I'll hand it over to you and you can do your thing. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, DJ. Uh, you know, all week there's been pastors and leaders who are trying to figure out how to respond appropriately. And I think particularly in the family of faith because you're wanting people to have uh, uh, strength in the word, strength in the Lord. And so we want to be there and be supportive, but we're also trying to navigate the, uh, the, the very clear growing crisis and be submissive and, um, and, and use wisdom. So uh, as I've been interacting with pastors and uh, praying with people we've been seeking the Lord and just saying, what are the principles that are at play? Because uh, sometimes we get pretty locked in to the principles that we use to make decisions day in and day out, week in and week out. And we don't have to like think about everything from the ground up every time we make a decision. But in moments like this, when the rules kind of change and the circumstances change, then we're saying, okay, which, which principles help guide our decision-making in this moment? So it brings up unique conversations because the circumstances kind of, it shuffles the deck, so to speak. And um, so we've been, you know, seeking the Lord about what, are, what principles should guide us. And one of the texts that uh, really kind of stood out was in 1 Peter chapter 2. And this is a just an awesome text anyway that... Uh, we use in all sorts of different circumstances to remember who we are as the church of God. But I think it speaks pretty profoundly in this moment to a number of different points. And so I'm just going to read First uh, Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9 and going down to verse 17. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood 
a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. That's God's word, and it's really good. It's really, really good. So um, when DJ and I and, and Dave and some others were meeting on Friday night, we were talking about some of this. Um, and, you know, one of the decisions that's been difficult for, for pastors and church leaders in the last week is whether to have service or not mm -hmm. this morning. And so there's, you know, a number of different principles there. But one of the things that I think is, is very obvious is that if, if we as the church want to maintain a level of authority that God has invested into us as the church, then it's also important that we honor the authority of other institutions, mm -hmm. other bodies that God has put in place. And here it's talking about honoring the king. It's talking about uh, every institution that God has in place for us. And we know government is one of those institutions. It's a real gift. And right now we need to be appropriately thankful for our healthcare system, our healthcare workers, for the government that's in place that has so much more expertise than we do yeah. when it comes to everything that we're dealing with right now. But I have noticed inside of myself and inside of pastors and inside of church leaders, there's a little bit of a tendency for us to kind of say like, I don't know that I want to submit to that. Like, yeah. let's, let's like have some grit and, and show up in the midst of the chaos or whatever. But I think that uh, one of the things that this text uh, warns us about is that, you know, th these, these institutions are in place for a reason. Mm -hmm. And God gives government their unique role. And there's going to be uh, time and space for the church to step into our role in how we respond to this. And if, if we want to be received appropriately, and if we want the name of Jesus to be lifted up, that starts not first by taking authority, not first by defending authority. That comes first by us in faith, trusting God's word, and therefore submitting appropriately to the authority that's around us. So that means, right, if the, if the healthcare system and if the government are saying, hey, this is what we think wisdom is, then we need to submit to those who have the wisdom and not be too arrogant to listen to that, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. I, um, on Friday, 
uh, and Thursday had been sending messages back and forth with Dave and some other yeah. church leaders trying to figure out like, what are we going to do this weekend? And so on, on Friday, when, when things were really escalating that, that was when, um, president Trump announced the state of emergency and, uh, governor Wolf shut down the schools for two weeks and, and all of that. And so I, I spent all day on the phone basically with elders and staff. And, uh, one of the calls I made was to to you, Tim, and you kind of walked me through um, that idea of authority, and it was super helpful for me because you're right. As as a church leader and as a pastor, my my initial instinct is often like we shouldn't be afraid, right? We shouldn't panic. Right. We yeah. we shouldn't have like we shouldn't be dominated by a spirit of fear or anything like that. And yet, there that's not the only principle at play, and there are other principles. And the other thing that was really helpful in my own prayer life. Um, I was reflecting on that, and I was like, I, I felt like the Lord was saying, no matter what decision you make, it's not going to be from fear, um, because you're not afraid. Um, and so it's actually going to flow from something else. And so just because, like, let's say, like, we shut down the service for the weekend, which we did, and whatever that looks like, um, we don't have to be afraid of that being about fear, because it's not. It's about something else, um, wisdom, discernment, loving uh, people in creative ways and honoring authority. So anyways, just from a really practical standpoint, uh, you walking me through that, that conversation of authority was super, super helpful. And I think that can also be applied not just on a church level, but also um, on a family level and in the individual level right now, um, which I'd be interested in talking a little bit more about that. Like how, how should our families, um, who aren't necessarily in church leadership, be thinking about the flow of authority right now. Yeah, that's really good. You know, um, the church is a family of faith, and authority in the church right now, we're not, you know, for about 1,500 years, most of the Western church had a real clear authority structure, what the Pope said when and what the bishop said when. You know, we're, we're all over the map when it comes to authority now in the church. Um, but I think that uh, we're, we're still family, and one of the things that, led me to thinking in the way that that we were just talking about submission to authority is because Andy Crouch wrote an article that I thought was really, really helpful. Um, and Andy has been a special counsel for us with Netzer. And so he's an authoritative voice in the regional church. And I thought it was really important that we take, uh, put a lot of weight in it, what yeah. it was that he said. And I think, you know, this thing has been changing so fast from day to day that what feels like kind of crazy three days ago now just seems like basic wisdom. Right. Yeah. And when we're in uncharted territories, that's kind of the way it works, right? Like, you know, when you're leaving Egypt as Israelites, it might feel like, ah, you know, everything feels great. And then all of a sudden you're up against the Red Sea and you have, you know, Egyptians coming after you and you're like, what are we doing? You know, and so circumstances can really change the way we feel and think about things. And I think that, um, you know, if the government had tried to two weeks ago tell all of us what we needed to do in order to prepare, none of us would have even heard it. Like it wouldn't have gotten to our ears because we wouldn't have been tuning into those channels or looking at those web pages. But now, you know, as circumstances heighten, we listen. And so I say all that to say, Andy is a person who we've trusted. And so once that came out, then I was like, huh, I need to think about this. And then you and I had a conversation, and you're like, huh, I need to think about that. And Friday night, we as pastors were together, and we were like, we need... And so when there's a voice of trust, 
a voice that we trust, that we listen to, it really helps kind of shape us. When it comes to families right now and how we engage what it is the government's saying, one of the things that the government's trying to tell us is we're wanting to care for the well-being of the constituents that we serve. And what we're looking for is not just to protect you from getting a virus that's like the flu that you might be able to get over, but we're trying to slow down the way this thing works yeah. so that our healthcare system isn't overwhelmed and so that those who are vulnerable among us aren't uh, put in a place that's compromising. Who more should care about that than the church, right? right? So as families, this isn't about are we as a family afraid of getting sick? This is about do we as a family want to submit to those who have wisdom and who have the responsibility of protecting the vulnerable among us and play our part in helping yeah. out? Yeah, that's really... yeah for, for me, that was a big reason why um, we decided not to have service today, uh, March 15th. You know, it was for the vulnerable. You know, like we're trying to do what we can as a family to, you know, limit our activities and, and, uh, and then as, you know, as, a, as daybreak, you know, not, not to meet so that we don't spread things and, uh, you know, affect the, the elderly and, and those that are vulnerable. And, and that in a, in a big way is an act of love, uh, caring for, for the vulnerable. Um, yeah, the, Friday, DJ, was going back and forth with you and with some other folks. It was, uh, um, I just, I don't know how many times I prayed for wisdom. Yeah. Um, give me wisdom, but also help me to listen and to, to, to learn what, you know, county officials are saying, Montgomery County for us anyway, and they were saying quite a bit, and what the governor is saying and, and uh, the president and so on and listen and, and respect and follow their lead because they know way more than I know. Yeah. Um, but, so I had, you know, I was reading all this stuff on Friday, talking with a number of people. We were, um, you know, I was with, with you guys Friday night. We were talking more about it, praying together. Um, so I got to just share this. Yesterday, I take my boys. I'm like, all right, we got we to gotta go do something, right? We got to get out of the house. And so yes. I take my boys and we go to Green Lane Park. And we pull in, and, and we're starting to get out because we want to walk some trails. You know, we want to kind of walk around the water there and, and just get out and mess around, right? The park ranger pulls up and says, guys, the park is closed. You need yeah. to leave. There was part of me, like, in that moment yeah. that I was like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous, <laughs> right? I can't yeah. believe this is happening. Really? Yeah. A park? Like, fresh air? I thought fresh air would be good, you know? Yeah. And she's like, no, it I, actually, I didn't say any of that, but that was all going on internally. Yeah. And I'm like, there was this reminder, oh, actually, she's in a place of authority, yeah. and I need to listen, respect, and obey. And so I said, I get it. I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't see the sign. She's like, you know, they're posted everywhere. I'm, like, I'm sorry I didn't see the sign, and yeah, we'll, we'll be on our way. And so that's, you know, just an example of, one of many examples where we, really do have to walk out first peter chapter two and and submit to those in authority over us hey thanks for um playing the humble card there man yeah. and uh well it wasn't a humble example it, it was just like it was yeah. real in that moment i'm like <laughs> no okay the tension is real right now in my in my mind and heart i just want to let this lady have it you know and yeah. i can't do it yeah but so. I, I appreciate you telling the story that's about yourself because it's easy like for me i'm like thinking about uh you know, my kids the other, the other day were um, 
is struggling to figure out, like, they know they're not supposed to touch each other right now, I, I, like their friends and stuff. But they, you know, lose like any of us do. We're just I have two daughters. I, I think I'm going to just use this for the next several years. Yeah. Do not touch my daughters. You know, <laughs> like the coronavirus, yeah. you know, when they're 25. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, social distancing, you know, when they're 30. You know, like, <laughs> I like it. But I told, my, I told my kids, I'm like, well, think about it this way, that whether you or your friends get sick is like one thing. Yeah. Whether your families get sick is another thing. I'm like, but your grandparents? Like, you know, they're, they live right around the corner, and if they end up getting sick, that puts them in a compromising spot, and do you want your grandparents to get sick? And it's really hard for us to be considerate of those who aren't right in front of us right now. Um, and the difference between fear on this level has to do with, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be afraid about what's supposed to happen, what could happen to me. On the other hand, I'm supposed to have great concern for what could happen for other people yeah. and do my part to care for them, right? Yeah. And that's part of what it says here in again in first peter that that we have a responsibility to live in a certain way with others and as as time progresses we're going to find ways yeah. to live toward others and and i know you guys are probably thinking and having conversations about how's the church going to respond yeah. in the middle of this right because yeah. this that's part of the dna of the church mm -hmm. is to figure out how and throughout history in times of plagues and times, there's always been such a, a strong response from the church yes. in the right time, in the right way, yeah. submitting to authority. Yeah. We are willing to put ourselves at risk in order to help those who are vulnerable, yeah. right? What's that look like for you guys right now? Yeah, um, I think very much at the phase of trying to figure that out and discernment so this afternoon sunday afternoon march 15th uh we have like a combined staff elder church leadership meeting where we're just going to be really for our time together talking about how do we care for one another how do we care for our neighbors how do we how do we do all that because it's hard to know it's really hard to know how to serve we know that um obviously those who are most impacted in times like this are um are uh those who are in poverty, minorities, um, the most vulnerable. And so how can we serve those individuals while also not putting them at risk? And that feels like a really delicate balance right now. Like, and one of the like really practical, simple things is um, a lot of kids in our area um, from low-income families get two meals a day uh, from schools. And that's a big deal to those kids. That's a big deal to those families that right now that they're not getting two meals a day. I mean, add that up over the course of a couple of weeks. And, and that's a lot of food and a lot of money that these families are missing out on. So I know different school districts, some of the districts in our area, like we're in O&J here, like they're doing food drop off of non-perishable goods. So we're sending out links for that. Then Operation 143 in Pottstown is really involved in giving, uh, making sure that kids... Uh, are getting the meals they need. I know Pottstown School District is doing things. So that's like one really simple, practical way that we can be serving our community is making sure that the kids who are missing out on meals are still being fed. And then um, just practically, I'm, I'm asking everyone in our congregation um, to check on their elderly neighbors daily. Um, so whatever community, neighborhood you live in, um, give give your neighbors a call, knock on their door, just make sure they're okay, especially the the older neighbors that you have, the ones that are most at risk. Obviously, don't 
kiss them or, or hug them, but you can knock on the door and say, hey, and <laughs> make sure they have what they need because they shouldn't be going out and grocery shopping right now and all, all of that. Yeah, that's really good stuff. I, I'm with you. I'm just still trying to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing that <clears throat> I'm going to do later today or tomorrow is just start um, checking in on some folks in our congregation mm. um, and have uh, our leaders um, this is a good time to have a, like a congregational care list. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to uh, implement that. Um, and then we may become aware of needs as we check in with each other. Um, yeah, I've also encouraged us to, you know, be reaching out to neighbors. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to mention that, that you didn't mention was um, we, the three of us, we heard from a, a local, or at least DJ and I, we, we heard from a local uh, small business owner. Uh, talk about um, on Thursday, he was uh, strongly encouraging us as pastors and as ministry leaders uh, to check in on those who have small businesses or or or, or you know people that um, will be will be severely impacted um, financially yeah. uh, because of all that's going on, yeah. and so um, that's going to be part of uh, of what I want to do this week is check in with uh, those um, who who you know, who will be impacted financially yeah. and see how we can help them mm-hmm. and just pray with them and encourage them. Yeah, that's good stuff, guys. I think that, um, you know, the long game is what the church is. Uh, we talked about the authority of the government and the authority of the healthcare system, the, the, the expertise of the healthcare system and the authority of the government and leaning into those places in a time of crisis. This is what they've been trained for. Um, and so our, our most important thing is to honor that, to submit to that. But then as we begin to think and to pray about like, what's our role moving forward, there's a couple things that you guys are, are touching on. One is this is the long game. I mean, even Dave, that thing that you just mentioned, we have no idea yet what the economic fallout is yeah. going to be from this whole thing. And right? how that so. impacts uh, mental health and everything. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, so we, we need to uh, uh, kind of take a, stay home, take a breath, yeah. think, pray, and then allow God to lead us forward. Because in the long haul, the government making uh, wise decisions, the healthcare system handling cases coming in, that's good. But when it comes to, the, the longer-term effects, there's going to be a, a need for volunteers who are really going to care. And uh, the, other, the other point is that uh, the, the bridges that have been forged over the years are now bridges that are really important. One of the things that I am so grateful for, as you guys know, that within Netzer and within regional church work, that one of the things that we've just been leaning into so hard over the last decade is we're relationship first, yeah. that, that the ligaments that hold the body of Christ together, that those are about relationships and you learn to build trust. And so now in a moment like this, mm-hmm. I'm just hearing pastors having conversations with each other all over the place, whether that's on Facebook or phone calls or texts and saying, what are you guys doing and how can we help? And that usually how can we collaborate? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. What are you guys are doing, you doing on Sunday? And what are you doing yeah, for yeah. Sunday? Yeah, what are you doing on Sunday? Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, people have been reaching out to me a bunch like that, but yeah. it's I've been on Zoom calls with different pastors and all of that. And I, I, one of the things I'm saying to pastors right now is like, now's time to make good on those relationships. Yeah. And there will be time moving forward where collaboration in the church is going to be possible. And so we might not be able to be present in the body right now. 
um, like physically, but we can be present in the Lord and we can be present via technology. Um, and this is the time to praise God for the technology. We talk about all the dangers of technology. Now's the time to say, thank God for the technology. We still get to communicate with each other and figure this out together. So I think those are important things to stop. This is we as the church, uh, Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And there's in everything, we're not to be anxious, but always with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then the peace which passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And so I think thankfulness, gratitude, it's really important to stop yeah. and look at what are the things in this we can be thankful yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those things that I'm thankful for, even though it's challenging, and we were talking about this before we hit record, is, you know, it's really easy for us to stand up on a Sunday morning and preach and say, like, the church is not about a building. The church is not about a Sunday morning gathering. Um, it's another thing to have to cancel a Sunday morning gathering <laughs> and like just like the repercussions of that in our community, whether it's, you know, financial or just like momentum or whatever. Um, but then I'm like, no, this is actually what I believe. Like, this is actually yeah. what I believe, that the church is the family of God. It's the flock of God. It's the bride of Christ. It's all of these things that we talk about. And so whether or not we're gathering on a Sunday morning, we're still the church. And, um, and we still flow in the authority of Christ in that space. And in, to that end, this is actually an incredible opportunity and gift from God, perhaps, for us to embody that and put our money where our mouth is often. <laughs> Like we did, we did a series last year at the end of the year on the church. And like, I was hammering this home every week, like, you know, look around, like this building is not the church. Okay. Like now we actually get to like put that in practice in a really strange and unique way. Um, and I think that's really healthy, uh, for the church to have to walk through this. What's challenging though, is like not knowing how long this is going to go. Yeah. Like, I think if we yeah. knew, okay, March 15th, you know, no services, yeah. but we're going to get back on track on the 22nd. Yeah. It, that would be one thing. But not knowing how long yeah. is uh, it's just that that's like a matter of prayer and, and trust. But, but there's also something in me, and I'm feeling it like this morning. By the way, it's just really weird. Uh, you know, the, like Saturday night, Sunday morning <laughs> to like, you know, because I have like rhythms and routines yeah. uh, for the weekends. And I'm like, I'm all out of routine. Um, but there's there's something within me even now as I feel it, like this longing to be together. Yeah. And I hope that um, I hope that, you know, followers of Christ all over this region feel that and don't take that for granted yes. when we do have the opportunity to come together. Dave, I think that is a great transition into a couple other points in the yeah. in the First Peter passage that we um, are looking at. Um, one is in verse nine. When you look at verse nine at the beginning of this, um, what we read, it says, "You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession." And uh, you know, the yearning to be with God's people is, uh, like you said, we hope this reminds us of that yearning because we are a people once we were not a people but now we've been we have a singular identity and we talk about this regularly when we look at church unity and oneness in the church is to say that little tiny single one word modifier a mm -hmm. you are a people yeah. that means that we're not just people we are a people and we have a singular identity as the people of god and we should yearn for one another but what's uh, perhaps a step more important than that 
is that we are for God's possession. We are his people. And I think one of the things that this reminds us of is that we are most effective at being a people together when we also see ourselves individually as belonging to him. And I think one of the things that this affords us is an opportunity for true Sabbath. And I think this has been resonating in every conversation I've had around this, where um, we recognize Sabbath is not something that we practice well and often. Um, We may come to church on Sunday, but that's different than the practice of being, taking time to actually step back and be at rest with God. And what we believe, I think all three of us, and we can speak to this, but one of the things that's happening and that's possible is there's a moment where God is saying, I'm glad that you yearn for one another. Yearn for me. This time that's set aside, this time where you have to stay home, are you going to come and find me? Because there's no excuse of being too busy or anything. You are at home alone. Like, will you pursue God? This yeah. is the moment. And this like, is happening during Lent, too. Yeah. Even more so, we should be pursuing Christ. Yeah, we have, speaking of that, like at, at Park for Church, like we've been walking through each week, laying down something that distracts us and keeps us busy, um, and then picking up like a spiritual discipline like this week. Um, we were encouraged to spend 20 minutes like in silence before the Lord. And I've had multiple people from, from Parker Ford reach out to me and be like, I guess God was really taking like the Lent <laughs> series seriously for us. And like now we, yeah, like this is an incredible opportunity for families. Like think about all of the time in our culture that families spend like running to soccer practice or softball or whatever. And all of a sudden that grinds to a halt and you're sitting around the dinner table. And like, man, that is gold. Like, that is gold from God. Without needing to rush on to the next thing. Because yeah. there is no next thing right now. Yeah. My kids are feeling it. Yeah. You know, they're in some ways a little frustrated. You know, they're like bored, you know, and, and it's, this is so good. It's time for us to be the family, function yeah. of the family. Yeah, I think... Um, I'm sending out a, a letter right now to um, kind of the Netzer community. And in that, I was making different points about things to remember as we walk through this. And one of the points was just the difference between Sabbath rest and vacation binge. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, you go, it'd be easy to get real religious on that point, And I'm not trying to do that. Like, um, it's really cool that there's kind of a forced time off and there will be economic consequences to it and and to not take away from that. You know, I love to surf, you know that? Um, and so when a hurricane comes, it brings a lot of damage. It's also when I get to surf and I'm always like, I need to be able to enjoy the waves <laughs> right. without, you know, but also be aware of the fact that this isn't a good thing, yeah. you know, in general. And in, and that's, we have to be sensitive in this, that like, this is not a good thing. And there's yeah. a lot of people who are in, in, in dangerous spots. On the other hand, there are redemptive things to it. And uh, God is at work redeeming the darkness. That's what he does all the time. And so when he gives us space like this, what we want to do is allow it to be redemptive work. And then, uh, so vacation, having time off, having fun is awesome. Like it's really, really good. We want it to be quality time, quality time with our family, quality time with God. And we want to capitalize on it. Yeah, that's so good. I I was reminded of, um, for a period of my life, I I lived in the Philippines as a kid where my parents were church planters. um, And in the city we lived in, we would have regular blackouts. 
and uh, so we'd have no power. And it was like really common to to not have power. And so you know, on those nights, it was like we loved it as kids. Like it was really cool because we'd light a candle and like play cards or like you know what I mean, That's like fun. sit around the table and like play a board game under candlelight. And there's something about about that that fosters connection and family growth and maturity in a way that you know binge watching the latest uh, series on netflix is just never ever going to give so i also want to encourage the people of parker ford church just from a pastoral perspective like there's probably some opportunity to watch family movies and stuff like that but this is also a really good opportunity to like shut everything off and just sit around the dinner table play games have family devotions, worship together, be intentional about this because um, if we're not if we're not making use of the time, if we're not having dominion in that way, then I can guarantee what's going to happen is we're going to end up spending you know fifteen hours a day on Xbox and <laughs> screen, and so like I know it's more work as a parent, and I've got four young kids, so I get it. It's a lot more work, but just to be intentional about about and I'm preaching to myself here um but but using this space utilizing this space having dominion in this space to really foster and create family worship and family connection is huge and also with our neighbors I think yeah there's probably some good house projects at home to yeah. work on that we've been putting off and we oh there's already been some organization going on yeah. in our house and some cleaning some deep cleaning yeah yeah I don't think the child labor laws apply to my kids on house projects during this time no, so we're gonna be putting them to work yeah I couldn't help but laugh though DJ I mean could you imagine right now if the power went out oh, on top of everything on top else of everything else oh man yeah because Disney plus is like moving up frozen too it's already out it's like they pushed it up three months and, and if the power went out oh man well, there's, there's uh, a couple more points, I think, in this passage that are, are worth getting after um, before we close out our time. And one of those, um, DJ, you were talking about um, just having the candle as the lights go off um, in the Philippines. Um, when the lights go off, it's really disorienting. Yeah. And then you turn a candle on, and uh, it helps you find uh, a, a place of connection together as the light comes on. And You know, there's a... There's a verse right here, uh, verse 11, that says, uh, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. And uh, th there's, there's an assumption there that we as uh, the people of God are sojourners mm -hmm. and we're exiles. And that's really rooted back all the way to the original uh, DNA of God's covenant with Abraham as a Bedouin, you know, traveling around in his tent, just following God's leadership. And then you have the, the people of Israel with, with God's tent, the tabernacle, traveling around the desert, um, following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And um, this, is, this is who we are. And of course, we see that uh, manifesting in the New Testament when at Pentecost, the, the pillar of fire is resting above the heads of each of the yeah of the apostles and then they're being led uh by the spirit and and we're told in galatians as paul's saying um if we live by the spirit we have to keep in step with yeah. the spirit and again it's pretty easy to to get locked into patterns in our life and just say hey we do church on sunday and we live this way and we're not necessarily feeling the need to tune into the holy spirit mm -hmm. and so as church leaders i know i'm dealing with church leaders every day um you guys are dealing with uh followers of jesus in your congregations every day i don't know which is easier <laughs> yeah, they're about the same and because i've done both um and uh 
And, uh, but, I, but I do think this is a time for us to, uh, to remember our identity as sojourners, mm -hmm. as Bedouins, and to say, hey, this, th these are uncharted territories. As we're choosing to reject fear, but having fear of the Lord, as we're being disoriented, but being oriented around God, this is a time for us to lean in to what we call all the time together, presence-based leadership, yes. right? Yeah. Where we're saying, how is the presence of God yeah. leading us right now? There are endless principles in the Bible. Yeah. So many principles in the Bible. Yeah. Wisdom is those principles being applied at the right time in the right circumstance to lead us forward. And the one who leads us is the spirit of wisdom yeah. who will allow us to recall the words of Jesus at the right time in the right place in order to, to live the life of Christ together. So uh, we just want to put that out there together, right, for church leaders, but also for family leaders, for uh, small business leaders, for all of you who are in whatever realm of responsibility and influence you have as you have to make decisions throughout this time. Remember, you're not alone. The Spirit of God leads you and guides you, and he promises, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Like, God is with us for these purposes, yes. and he'll lead us forward. I would imagine that for you guys, as you think through uh, week in, week out, day in, day out decisions in local church leadership, that that's got to be where you're living right now. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's like, you know, the last couple of days, it's like one hour at a time because yeah. things were changing so quickly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had spent so much time on the phone on Thursday and Friday, and yesterday there was a lull. Like finally a lull, and the weather was nice. So I was out, out, outside um, doing yard work at, for a couple hours, and I came in and like I didn't have any messages on my phone. I was like, "This is amazing! <laughs> it's like the first time." <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I've been feeling that way too. I know that there's actually a deep Sabbath coming when we all have to stay home, but the front end of it has been kind of yeah, crazy, crazy, right? Yeah, Everybody running sure. to the grocery stores and yeah. doing all that on the down the home front, but for us as leaders, kind of navigating decision making. So we, I want to give one more word to us as a as a ch church, and I know we have uh, a way of closing this out that we're we're uh, looking at. Um, but in verse nine. Uh, one other thing it says is that we're a royal priesthood. And, you know, uh, the healthcare workers right now are on the front lines of this thing. And the government officials are having to make some heavy decisions. And they are, they are doing their job. And, who, you know, who has the right to stand in any judgment around how they're doing their job? Uh, there is a job that we have to do. And I think this is one of the places where, again, we can be reminded as the, as the people of God where our authority actually lies, that we have very much a job to do. In times coming, our job will be compassion and service and all of that. But right now, we have a job that's right at the heart of all the work, the work for the healthcare, the work for the government, the work that happens in caring for neighbors. And at the core of all of that, there is not just a, a governmental authority, not just a, a physical authority, but there is a spiritual authority. And we as the people of God are called to carry our responsibility as a royal priesthood. So what does that look like for us as the church to be a royal priesthood. What does that mean for you guys when you think about us as the church being a royal priesthood? I think that's the presence-based discernment question for the people of God right now. 
day by day, moment by moment, walking in the Spirit, empowered by the authority and the Word of God, how do we live out our calling to be priests in every way? And uh, so I, I would encourage the people of Park Ford Church, as well as myself, my own family, um, to really wrestle with that that question each day. And we know, like, our God is a creative God. And there is no end to his create creativity. I mean, just look at the world around us. So creative. And so the same applies to the way that I think he teaches us to walk through difficult times mm-hmm. with creativity. Um, even while there's like these principles we're chasing after, like the fact that he's named us as priests. And so I, I would really encourage people right now to be creative um, and think creatively. And we have to, we have to in order to walk in this because it's a really weird, strange situation. Yeah. You know, I, when I picture a priest, I picture someone going into the temple, offering incense, offering prayer on behalf of the people outside. And what an opportunity to see our houses, our homes right now, mm-hmm. our, our couch, our closet yeah. as a temple yeah. where we're going into the very presence of God and we're carrying before God the prayers of the people. Yeah. And that on behalf of our neighbors, on behalf of the vulnerable, on behalf of those who feel isolated, on behalf of, of those who are going to experience financial need, on behalf of the kids who don't know where lunch is going to come from today, you know, on behalf of all of them, that while we might not be allowed to go and be the physical hands of Jesus right now, what we can do is get on our knees yeah. and fulfill our role. There's a... Um, there's, I mentioned it already, but Colossians 4.2, the great command of the church. It's yeah. the one time in the church or one time in the scriptures where the church is commanded to fully devote themselves yeah. to something. And it says, devote yourselves to prayer, yeah. being watchful and thankful. That's, that's who we are. That's what we're called to. What an awesome opportunity for us to remember the power of God in prayer and to watch God move as God's people get on their knees and actually pray through this thing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there uh, on social media or you know, anywhere, all, all, all the things that, you know, people are doing to, to care for their communities. And you might, you might be listening to this and wondering for yourself and for your family, like, what can we do? What can we do? What, what can I do? And I would just, uh, I would just suggest that it starts with prayer. Like you can start by praying and start on your knees and praying for, for your neighbors. Like Tim said, um, in fact, today, March 15th, um, uh, President Trump, uh, designated today as a day of prayer yeah. and as part of our submission and, and respect for authority uh, we need to do that and so um, after you're done listening to this you might just want to take a few moments if you're listening to this today on March 15th take a few moments and pray and uh, pray pray for uh, pray for your neighbors pray ask God for wisdom on on because he is a creative God ask God for for wisdom on how he might direct you to, um, you know, care for those around you. That's awesome. Thanks, Dave. So I know that um, in kind of conclusion of this text, mm-hmm. I just want to run down through these points real quick that we were making, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we submit to and honor the authority that's been put in place. And then God will elevate our authority. Like David, when he submitted to the authority of Saul, Mm -hmm. that's what grew in him the ability to be a a positive authority. Same thing for us right now. Secondarily, God's going to guide us and direct us as he did the people of Israel. He's going to guide us and direct us as we lean into his presence. In the meantime, 
we can stay in a place of high spiritual authority and watch the Lord work through our prayers. Mm -hmm. And then we can uh, be prepared, waiting for the moment where we can actually engage and serve. So and uh, as, as we look at this text, I, I would encourage everyone who's listening to this to go back and read this text and yeah. use it as a springboard and as a reminder for our prayers. Yeah. Maybe meditate on it with your family. Think about it with your family. And I think you have us uh, geared up to give benedictions. Yes. Yeah, just r right before that. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, verse 17, 1 Peter 2, verse 17. Uh, that, that could go up in our houses right now. That just summarizes everything. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. So that's, that's even your Christian brothers and sisters who may be doing things a little bit differently than you are right now. Yeah. We are called to love one another. Fear God. So... We don't fear anything else. Yeah. We don't fear anything else, but we, we fear God. It's that holy awe yeah. that God has ultimate power to do whatever he wants and honor the emperor. Yeah. That's a good summary verse for the passage. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. That's great. That's great. So what we'll do to wrap up here, first of all, thanks, guys, for taking time this morning to, to come and uh, really have been blessed by us sitting in this conversation with you. And it's been really helpful. Like you said, it, it's, you were commenting earlier about how cool it was to see local churches connecting mm -hmm. in conversation through this. I just, from personal experience, it would have been really hard to walk through this without you guys and others that I've been able to connect with. So I just affirm that. So how we're going to wrap things up is, um, we'll, each of us will offer like just a brief final thought and then a, a benediction um, to our specific realm uh, where where we serve. So I'm I'm gonna give a benediction specifically to Park Ford Church, Dave to Daybreak, and Tim to the regional church. So um, I'll start, and then Dave, and then Tim, and if you want to wrap us up at the end with prayer, and then that'll be it. So um, my final uh, pastoral thought before I give the benediction is one that I've been sitting chewing on. Uh, throughout this conversation, and I hadn't thought of it before the conversation, so I'm I'm feeling like it's from the Holy Spirit just as I've prayed here. Um, we're like professionals at feeling sorry for ourselves, like people in general, like, and any one of us can turn the narrative where we're the victim, like in any situation, you know, like, um, and it's going to be real easy for each of us to be tempted towards that. And again, I'm preaching to myself here um, in this situation. So whatever your situation is, perhaps you've been temporarily laid off. Perhaps like you don't have work right now. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you've got four to ten kids all of a sudden in your house. Or even one, you, you know, that you weren't planning on. Whatever your situation is, perhaps perhaps you're older and like you're having to walk through a season of isolation right now, or you're single and you normally struggle with loneliness and now it's just exponentially growing. I just really want to encourage each of us that um, we do not approach this from a standpoint of victimhood. Um, and um, be proactive in the way that you have connection. Um, I know like even as a pastor, I'm asking for that grace because like it's impossible for me to bring the level of connection to each person that each person would long for. Only, only God can do that. And so if you find yourself feeling lonely or struggling with loneliness and that's tempting you towards victimhood, 
initiate it. Like reach out to someone, make a call. Um, don't, <laughs> don't feel sorry for yourself in that space because there are many other people who are struggling in that same way. And so I just want to encourage you if you're, if you're tempted towards that to really say no to that deceit and that lie from the enemy because God sees you and he's with you and he's the one who can comfort you. He's the one who can empower you. And, and talking to people is really important. Um, but you can initiate that. So be encouraged. So here's my benediction to Parker Ford Church. So Parker Ford Church, today, wherever you are, whomever you're with, may the presence and love of God be acknowledged, experienced, and made manifest in and through you. This is a strange time. It's not a time for fear or panic. It's a time to be wise, walk in discernment, and flow with and in the love of Jesus. I pray that you will utilize this unique situation to serve your family and your neighbors. I pray that you will get creative in your worship of God and service in his kingdom. Do not isolate, even as you practice social distancing and solitude. Smile, laugh, make phone calls, connect with one another in meaningful ways, write emails and cards to whomever God places on your heart. Be strong and courageous. You are loved and seen. Go with God. Uh, this is my benediction for daybreak. Um, my daybreak friends, I'm reminded of the words from our own Darlene. If you were there last uh, Sunday, I guess the March 8th, a Sunday ago, um, she, uh, <laughs> she was leading worship and she... Um, she encouraged us, challenged us, exhorted us by saying, hey, this morning, daybreak, we're checking fear at the door, and we're not picking it up on the way out. And if you were there, that, those were powerful words. And um, who knew uh, what we would walk through this week? And, and we need that challenge reminder again right now, that we are checking our fear at the door. Even better, we're checking our fear at the feet of Christ. And we're not picking it up. And so I don't know what your particular fear is right now, um, I would just uh, encourage you to lay it down. And if you choose to pick it up again, I would ask that you lay it down again. Because um, I found myself kind of laying some of the th same things down again and again and again on the past few days. Uh, daybreak, I pray this morning for your faith. I'm reminded of the time when the disciples and Jesus found themselves in a boat during this like monster storm on the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples were freaking out. They literally thought they were going to drown. And uh, Jesus was in the boat with them, but he was catching up on some sleep. And they woke him up, and they, 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 they asked him this question, don't you even care? And what they were doing is they were questioning his character. Um, they had lost faith in God's goodness because fear had taken over. And Jesus responded to their question with a question. And, and I think if, uh, if Jesus were... We're speaking into this microphone right now. He would ask us this, you know, perhaps a similar question. People of daybreak, why are you so fearful? Why are you so afraid? Why are you worried about this pandemic? All this craziness that's happening right now, these economic disasters, all this uncertainty about the future. Why are you losing sleep, biting your nails, <laughs> eating bags of Dorito, Doritos and M&Ms? Why are you scared to death over all this? You have such little faith. Hello, I'm here. I'm in the boat with you. I'm the creator of the skies and the seas. I have power over everything. Did you forget? 
I have the power to calm storms. I have the power to kill viruses. I have power to heal. I have power to provide for you and your family. I have power to keep you safe. I have the power to give you my peace. I've got to pray for my daybreak friends who are just battling it out right, right now with fear and faith. And sometimes it just depends on what the latest headline is or the email or, or the press conference. I just pray that your faith, God, that our faith in you would just crush our fear. Holy Spirit, produce in us your fruit of faithfulness as we pursue you. Give us your peace. I pray that your word would calm our fears and grow our faith, that as we read and meditate on scripture, that we would be reminded of your character and that because of who you are, you, you got this. You got this. I believe, God, that you're calling daybreak into a deeper walk with you. May we be people of even stronger faith and character who are closely following you, Jesus. I pray that our light would shine brighter in these days as we serve and love those around us. May we not go into complete isolation, but instead look for ways to do what you've called us to do, to shine out your light and love to others in tangible ways. May others experience daybreak today and in the weeks to come, um, not because they've been to a worship gathering on a Sunday morning, but because they've seen and they've felt and have experienced daybreak in action as you all have served strong and shined brightly. Folks all over this region have felt the church like never before because we've been the compassionate, loving, and gracious hands and feet of Jesus. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, I just want to say that uh, Dave and DJ, it's been really cool hanging out with you guys this morning. And even though the weirdest part of this day for me is going to be able to not be able to give you a hug when we leave <laughs> or, or even shake your hand or whatever, right. it's going to be the weirdest part of the day. Um, Maybe a really meaningful elbow, elbow bump. Elbow or bump from deep. Yeah. So, uh, but just the fact that we're together is, uh, again, a reminder of the goodness of God and the community that he's built between us. And, uh, you know, this, we're just a tiny, tiny, tiny little representation of uh, pastors and churches, congregations all over the place, uh, but glad to be able to play our part together right now. So uh, I want to provide just a little benediction for um, those connected with the ministry and the work of Netzer, but uh, to the regional church of southeastern Pennsylvania and beyond in general. And uh, that is a reminder that Man is not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath is made for man. And that uh, God has gifted us with a moment of Sabbath. And that uh, while God rested on the seventh day of his work, we were created on the sixth day. And so we wake up and our first day is a day of rest. And uh, as, my, as my buddy Jay always says that uh, we don't work in order to rest, we rest in order to work. Um, and that reminds me of uh, another uh, verse right here in First Peter. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to remind us the days are coming when our feet need to move and our hands need to work. Take advantage of the time of rest that you're given. Connect with the Lord. Dig deep. Let your knees be worn out from prayer. And when it comes time to move, we're going to be ready. We're going to be dialed in.
you know, we're going to be rested up in the Lord and we're going to be able to move by the power of his spirit rather than just through our own ingenuity and our own efforts. And uh, so bless you, uh, Church of Southeastern Pennsylvania, in a time of confusion, in a time of turmoil, to hold on to the lamp of the Church of Southeastern Pennsylvania, to be uh, guided step by step by his presence, and to enjoy his presence, to walk with peace, to walk with that sh deep shalom, and uh, that that would permeate throughout the church and that it would cause a lack of anxiety, the presence of peace in a world that really needs it right now. May God bless you and may he uh, encourage you and strengthen you to do the work of Sabbath, the work of rest, and then also to do the work of compassion as the time emerges. Father God, we thank you and praise you for this time. This is a gift from you where two or three are gathered there you are in the midst. And Dave and DJ and I can attest to that this morning. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody.